0: Bernard pulls the trigger. This is a brand. Nickish is a brand. Nickage means Lord. Once a neck always the neck. Back after ever. Thank you all for joining us. You are listening to Nickish. It is. Tuesday, no, whoops, Wednesday, February 10th, 2021, the Knicks are coming off back-to-back losses to the reigning Eastern Conference champs, the Miami Heat, and we're here to talk a little bit about it and whatever else is going on with the Knicks and and the NBA. You got your boys Mo and Afi here, um, passing over the mic to my partner. What's up, man? How you feeling this morning? All good, bro. I could
1: tell you a little rusty. I mean... I feel like our listeners can excuse it, we we haven't kind of put out some content a or bit or got together to record, so... Am I rusty I or is us, it just a little early? Probably both. I feel yeah. like our cup of coffee segments were a little smooth, smoother, you know what I mean? But yeah. hey, it's been a minute since we recorded this early, so those of our listeners that are, will actually give us, you know, the graciousness to listen to our episode, like FYI, it is, it is approximately 7.15am right now as we record, um fresh off a, a new l last night a, a frustrating l last night because bro i really wanted that win you know I me mean? just yeah. to start off right away just that it was, it was like it was right there for us to take it really was and you know i hate to be those fans or one of those fans that just blames the refs but like they really had a like they really had a, a say in how that game went especially like late last night mm-hmm. and um I guess, I mean, before we really get into the nitty gritty or the negatives, like one of the positives that kind of ties into a big move, quote unquote big move, uh, the Knicks made this week, was D. Rose, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. As we mentioned previously, he's a polarizing figure, but we'll, stri- we'll strictly kind of stick to encore court stuff, um, you know what I mean? So just last night, or I guess the trade itself, we gave up Dennis Smith, and um, uh, sec- second round pick this year, the Charlotte second, which... Yeah. You know, for those of our listeners that are long-time loyalists to both the Knicks and us, know that uh, the contents of that trade is the second-round pick from the famous Willie Hernan Gomez trade that, uh, for some reason, you remember back then how pissed people were that mm-hmm. we, <laughs> we gave up that the fucking second-team all-rookie center yeah. for, like, two second-round picks, and one of those seconds, like, ended up helping us get IQ, I think, because we, like, paired it with our other Clippers pick to move up, I think, right? Was that... What no, was no. I think
0: we traded that Marcus Morris pick for two picks. And gotcha. then we yeah. switched that up to get a second rounder and that first rounder.
1: Regardless, I'll give some credit to Perry for that trade because it did help us maneuver to get IQ, you know what I mean? Like all that late first round maneuvering. But anyway, yeah, and then the other part of that trade was obviously Dennis Smith, who to us was kind of a, prized, uh, or a consolation prize in the KP trade. Um, definitely as a Dennis Smith stan, recovering Dennis St- Smith stan, you know what I mean? You could treat me like you could treat like a recovering meth head, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's it's tragic, you know what I mean? Just, um, had a lot of high hopes for the kid, and honestly, truly, I really do hope he, like, picks his career back up, you know what I mean? Because he, credit to him, volunteered to go to the G League, now he's in Detroit, and I think Killian Hayes is out for a minute, so he's going to get opportunity there. So, yeah, I mean, just want to give him our my well wishes. I mean, I know you feel the same, probably, right? Just... Any thoughts on Dennis before we dig into like the effects of D Rose on the roster?
0: Yeah, it, it was interesting to see him offer up to go to the G League. Uh, you think that there might have been, you know, whispers of him possibly getting traded, and that might have got him a little shook. And you know, you know how Dennis Smith is. Once he feels like his his role on the team is start starts being questioned, that's when he like picks up his his play. We've seen it in in games when he would miss a shot, he'd get back on defense. It's kind of like that. But, you know, at the same time, obviously, you know, he's highly talented and has a lot of potential. You just hope that he doesn't settle for jumpers anymore. And right now Detroit is full-on, I'd say maybe they're in tank mode at this point um, because they they have one of the worst records in the league. Uh, Killian Hayes is out for a while. I'm not really quite sure when he's coming back. Um, And they just got rid of their, you know, starting point guard in Derrick Rose. And the fact that we were able to get Derrick Rose off... um, Desmond Jr., who has lowest point right now ever, and a second-round pick, that's Charlotte. And Charlotte is playing better than the Knicks right now, record-wise. Yeah, they're, they're playing record well. Yeah, yeah, they're up there, you know, like, fifth, sixth seed right now, I'd say. Um, so that pick isn't as as valuable as a Detroit second. So, um, I'm happy to see that they were able to pull off that trade. I'm actually very impressed that they were able to do it, and that other teams weren't trying to get in on Derrick Rose and offer a better offer, because he's, he's playing well this season. And um, you know, Frank Nilekina is still on the team, and I'm I'm happy about that. Hell, he got nine lives, bro. <laughs> <laughs> this man will not quit. Rumors. Hell no. he
1: He's going to make sure he sees the end of his rookie
0: contract, no yeah. matter what. Hell or high water. <laughs> yeah, and we'll, we'll pivot over a little bit to the Derek Rose trade. I'll say my quick thoughts on it. Um, I like it. You know, obviously, as, as you mentioned, you know, off-court issues aside, um this seems like a very different Derrick Rose than years past cuz this time he seems a lot more humble. And I watched Back. his post-game interview yesterday and it's very nice to see that one of the first things that he's always saying is that he's he's here to help develop the rookies. Yeah. And you saw that when he first came in he with, with IQ and IQ mentioned he's like yeah, one of the first things he does is offer up his number to call him anytime that I need him. And he's just That's offering fire. that veteran veteran mentorship and and leadership and um that's that's definitely refreshing to see, and while he's doing that, he also still has game. We saw when he came in that first quarter with IQ, and they went on, like, what, a 25-6 run uh, after yeah. after they checked in. Like, Beautiful. D. Rose is D. Rose. He's, he's a former MVP. He might not be playing that at that MVP level, and I think the guy that we have on our team right now knows that, accepts that, and is taking that in and playing like that as that guy who's going to help everyone else grow and still ball out. But he doesn't have to be the guy anymore, and we're not we're not seeing the first, first stint D-Rose where he's trying to make a comeback to an all-star level kind of player because he couldn't do it. We're not seeing yeah. T-Wolves D-Rose where he's just trying to resurrect his whole career. He was playing solid in Detroit, and now he's trying to just keep that going and be a solid player but an excellent leader. And, you know, right now he's just taking away minutes from Austin Rivers who on court was not a good player, you know. And, you know, off-court, I like, I like Austin Rivers. He, he was also trying to play that veteran kind of leadership. But, I mean, I think <laughs> I think he's that player who's probably going to get traded real soon onto a contender team because apparently there are teams out there that are interested in him. But let's hear your, your uh, quick, uh, you know, D-Rose thoughts on, the, on his effect on the game. I mean, I echo
1: you kind of the same point you laid out, especially about, like, kind of the timing of the move. You know, obviously when we got him way back in 2016, which... Like, side note, that was five years ago, brother. That shit flew by the last five years. I swear to God, God I remember the exact trade when when it happened. You know what I mean? Texting you about it. You know what I mean? Like, yo, we got fucking D-Rose. Like, holy shit. And it was still like that that glimmer of hope back then that he could revive his career fresh off so many injuries. And I guess that's low-key what did him in during the season. Because he was still, he was playing like a dude that was just trying to prove that he still had it. Um, Same thing when, like, the season afterwards, he joined Cleveland and, you know, LeBron gave it a shot with them, and then they got rid of him afterwards, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because, um, you know what I mean, he was trying to revive his career. LeBron was trying to win a ring. It didn't work out. But, like, yeah, to your point, just last year, especially this season with Detroit, D-Rose, like you said, made it clear he's a mentor. And, um, yeah, he's this is his third go-around with his favorite coach. You know, Tibbs last night was, seemed ecstatic before the game just to have D-Rose back, talking about how, like, everywhere he's been in the last few years since Chicago, he's averaged 18 a game. He's he provides good things, and it's not even about the scoring. It's just like the very fact that we have a point guard now that one will look for Obi, our prize rookie. You know what I mean? He made that pass, and I was just like, "Well, we can do that. Like our point guards can actually do that. We can, we could feed our big man rolling to the rim." You know what I mean? Because like Rivers ain't that. You know what I mean? He's he's here to like do his YouTube highlight show with his dribbles whenever he gets the ball. And if it's not Utah, he's just gonna be frustrated. You know what I mean? And like I'm like 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 you said credit to him for like really like embracing that voice of the team kind of thing prior to the season and during the season but a lot of times me personally i feel like players do that to just like because it's easy it's, it's 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 easy fodder to like get in, get into good graces of a fan base you know what i mean marcus morris was the same way last year but credit to marcus for actually backing it up with his game but with rivers it's just like if it was in utah he wasn't gonna ball out um Maybe he had, like, a nice showing against Cleveland recently. But other than that, you know, it just... With, with D-Rose coming in, I know there's a lot of worry about, like, oh, is this going to, like, cut into IQ's minutes some more? Nah, he's literally just took River's minutes. And hopefully we don't have Alfred Payton on the roster in the next... uh Coming in the next month before the deadline. Because Ian Bagley, surprisingly, or as a shock to many Knicks fans, said there are some contenders out there sniffing around uh, Payton. <laughs> which, to me... <laughs> You know what I mean? As a fan, I'm just like, okay, that's just Leon and West just trying to put some shit out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like, <laughs> just put something out there. I see like, what oh, you guys are doing, and I like you it. You <laughs> know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> facts. Like, just like, just get some interest for uh, our depreciated asset. You know what I mean? AKA Elf. Gotta put that Elf on the shelf. I know it's an easy joke that everybody's made, but come on, now it's very clever. <laughs> uh, credit to whoever made that originally. But yeah, back to DeRoz. Like, I mean, the proof is in the pudding, right? As they say. Last night, he just came in and he instantly proved. The benefit of having like a creator like that on the roster yeah. one because he's a threat like with his jumper he may not be Steph Curry from three-point range but he's better than Alfred Payton and they play up on him and when he does penetrate the whole defense reacts more than they would react to a Payton and two like when he does penetrate in the paint it's not as crowded because one he like I said he has that jumper and just like it's great to have like a mentor, a former MVP, and what I was, what I thought was beautiful, and surprised you didn't mention it. Apparently, like as soon as he got in in Miami, he took the rookies out to dinner, you know, quickly. Mm. And Obi, and, I actually you
0: know, did not know that. Wow. Yeah, that was like
1: a super dope note that came out last night. Um, oh, I think IQ had mentioned it. Just he came, took them out to dinner, like said he was there just to mentor them. Yada 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 yada, oh, all God. the good stuff and that's that's fire you know what i mean and that's why i say it's polarizing d rose he's polarizing figure we're not gonna get into the encore stuff we did touch on it a few years back on our pod so if y'all want to dig that up go ahead yeah but yeah, back to the encore stuff i was i made a joke on twitter last night like yo we actually got folks got to start asking leon why it took so long to get d rose in here if that's mm-hmm. all it took you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> like because it just looked like a, a hand in glove fit with that second unit you know and Maybe, hopefully, if Peyton's out of here, Rose will start, but I do like him in that second unit with Quickly because it allows Quickly to really be that combo guard role, yeah. not just like rely on a rookie to like be the one playmaker off the bench because Rivers wasn't a playmaker. But with, with D-Rose there, IQ can handle the ball, and then he could play off the ball, which I think is really important for his development. We want him to be a knockdown off-ball shooter because that creates gravity for the rest of the— um or it creates gravity for himself that affects the rest of the team. So if he's, like, literally, like, kind of works on his little Rip Hamilton, Clay Thompson off-ball movement game with D-Rose, like, handling the ball, I think that's only a benefit to his development, you know what I mean? I always, I just, a lot of chicken littles in our Knicks fan base, so I just thought people, like, really freaking out about D-Rose coming in and IQ never seen the light of day. Like, nah, bro. If it was Fizdale, yeah, i will be worried. But it's his tips, you know? He knows what he's doing. And um yeah, last night like to your point, that run was crazy. So if you want to let's let's dig into the game, unless you got some final D Rose trade thoughts.
0: Yeah, no, I, the only last point I want to make is that this seems very genuine. The idea of wanting to mentor the kids is it seems extremely genuine. And I I think it is, and I don't know about you, but I have never heard D Rose talk as much as he's been talking the last two days. Like Fact. this man is smiling. <laughs> I I didn't know that I was capable, but he uh, put up this IG post of him cheesing once he. Was traded over to the Knicks, and you, it's,
1: you see his Instagram quote, you just like yeah, well, like just about like coming back to the mecca every Hooper wants to play. He's getting his second chance at a first impression. He, what's poo spelled backwards? Hoop. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's big like, fire, bro. And,
0: and it's day and night from the times that from the last time he was traded to the Knicks because that video went viral when he was first traded to the Knicks. He was crying; it was heartbreaking because that was showed you the real life of an NBA player when they have That's, expectations and it's gone. But now he, he – it's it's really, you know, poetic to see that, you know, he's traded to the Knicks again, but he's really taking it in. He seems rejuvenated. He seemed, like, he seemed like a depressed guy the past couple of years, but it looks like, you know, that's that's turned around. And he really genuinely wants to be there for the kids and help them. That's that's music to all of our ears because Austin Rivers wasn't really speaking. Alfred Payne, I don't think I've ever heard him talk about mentorship and – Helping, helping the younger players out as much. But we got it. We Maybe got, we IQ it. mentioned
1: it. I think IQ mentioned it, like Elf was helping him out. But then mm-hmm. I remember there was a joke was like, is, is Elf showing him how not to shoot? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like please work on your jumper throughout your seven years in his career. That's a lesson Word. IQ can take away from Elf. But to your point, like, yo, d Rose is like, there's a vibe about him. He just looks like a man that's been through some shit, mm-hmm. like in terms of his NBA career. He just looks like that weathered veteran. And with the long hair now, he low-key reminds you of – uh do you remember fucking Idris Elba in a, in the Thor movies? He was, like, there as, like, Thor's, like, best man, but also just like a dude that gave His him wisdom man. and advice with the with the fucking... And then he had, like, a dreads, too. So it all works out, you know what I mean? He was he was that, that, that guy that Thor would go to for guidance, the you know sage. what I mean? Kind of, yeah. You know what I mean? The sage, exactly. <laughs> and D-Rose is that for our young players now. Because say what you will, like... It wasn't that long ago he was that dude, mm-hmm. you know? And I was a D-Rose stand back then. Like, I was legit, like, ecstatic he won that MVP. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the ki- young kids on our team right now, they was, like, 10, 12, 11 years old yeah. when that was going on. So he, they see him as, like, a walking icon almost. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? He's got that gravity about him. And that says a lot that, like, you could have that person in your locker room that also happens to embrace that mentorship role. It's not going to be, like, an ego thing where he's going to come in and he's be like, yo, Randall, what you doing is nice, but I'm D-Rose. It's right. not going to be that way because it's not realistic because credit to Tibbs kind of bringing him on in Minnesota and giving him a shot to revive his career because he's been, he's looking a lot different because his jumper now is actually, I think, better than it ever was when he was in Chicago, mm-hmm. low-key, you know what I mean? Like, I am have more confidence in him shooting the three now, even though that that crazy athleticism and everything else isn't there anymore, but back to the game, though, like... Made that little quick comment about Obi actually having a point guard like a pass to him. I think that's going to be great for his development. You know, like, mentorship off the court and on the court. He's going to help the young players. And just, I loved kind of the lineups Tibbs was thrown out there. Up until the end. We'll get to the end of that game because that was frustrating as shit. But what he did was he kind of staggered Randall with and Peyton in terms of, like, he would have Randall out there with the second unit. Like, four members of the second unit often. You know what I mean? You'd have Rose, IQ... Um, Burks, Randall, and Noel. And that lineup was looking good last night, bro. It fit well. Um, Randall didn't have as much pressure on him because he had two other ball handlers out there that also happened to shoot. A lot more spacing. And, yo, the defense looked crisp. Crisp last night. You know what I mean? It had, like, a 90s vibe to it. So, those are my key takeaways before we get onto that fr- that frustrating fourth quarter. But, well, what do you think of the game overall? And I guess D. Rose's impact on the game and, you know, just how the team played.
0: Yeah. With D. Rose on the team, I think that recognition of an of a quote unquote icon, I think resonate mm. is going to resonate to opposing players too. Like they're going to yeah. see D. Rose and I'm like, "Fuck, it's not just Randall. We got to take a look at D. Rose is legit. He can be. I see him down the road. There are going to be, you know, moments where he's going to be the guy in the fourth quarter helping Randall get those get those buckets. Because in his first day in New York, he had a couple of games where fourth quarter he was he was elite. You know, he was he helped yeah. the Knicks win a couple of games. Um, I was at a game against the Blazers a couple of years back, and he hit a game winner against them. So he has oh shit, yeah. he's capable of doing that. And Randall, you know, and we'll get to the fourth quarter. That's going to be necessary because it didn't seem it doesn't seem like we have we we have that guy cause, or maybe we do. We'll see. But um, we do is just yeah we'll get yeah, to it, we'll get yeah. To it. <laughs> Um But no, Rhodes' impact I think is going to be very. You know very positive and if he's always coming in with OB and iq i think every knicks fan is going to smile when they see that happening that when when those two maybe three guys come in together um but i think uh ob we're seeing him get better and better every game and i just hope his for the sake of randall's minutes he he progresses a little faster because randall's minutes are just they're just picking up man i'm getting cut, low-key kind of worried for him 37 minutes this game averaging I think the second most after James Harden um he's a big guy you know he's he's (laughs) being asked to do a lot too um he's not James Harden you know he's he's great he's should be an all-star but he's not James (laughs) Harden so these minutes are really starting to pick up I think once the second unit was in and, and I saw Randall still in there I was just like dude this is this is a lot he he can't be asked to do all this um I did like that
1: experimentation, though. Like, the minutes point is good, but I did like that Tibbs, like, finally. Because you know how he's really been rigid about his rotations? There's going to be starters, then we're going to have the second unit. Mm. I think this is, like, the first time where we saw prominently, like, Randall being with the second unit. And then that's what a lot of, like, playoff kind of rotations do. They make sure that, like, if they've got two creators, at least one of the creators is always on the floor. And, like, I want that kind of to be the case going forward, like Randall played with the second unit. But, yeah, I get your point. Like, the minutes got to come down and... I think that's going to come with OB's growth, you know what I mean? Right. But, yeah, back to he you. Could also, back.
0: He could also be experimenting the D-Rose and Julius Randle kind of lineup, I hope. Mm, um, yeah. But, you know, Alfred Payton last night wasn't wasn't as terrible as as normal. 18 points is solid. And he does, to no, his sir. credit— I'm not letting that fly. <laughs> <laughs> Please pass it back to me. I'm not letting that fly. No, sir. <laughs> um I think I think he surprised his team so much and that's why he's able to get into the paint, you know, as as often as he does. He just sucks as a finisher and that's why he doesn't go in. But like fourth quarters he should not be taking three point shots, but he shouldn't be playing, bro. He shouldn't be in playing and that's quarter. why they that's why they ended up taking him out. But It was too yeah, late at that point. He did he, he just wasn't he wasn't as terrible as we've seen him in the past. So I'll, I'll throw it back to you. Oh, yeah. I think it's the box score that's decept- deceptive, and I think you're falling into the Alfred
1: Payton trap. You're falling no, the first into his quarter, toxicity, The first bro. quarter,
0: he was good. He <laughs> kept the Knicks up. They were, yeah, down, like, we were, they were down like 12 points. He, he scored. That's
1: true, but we were like – my point is like once the second unit came in, we, they busted that game open because mm-hmm. like obviously they're playing the Miami second unit, but it's also like it just flowed better because of like the spacing was actual NBA spacing. Anytime Payton's out there – like, yeah, he'll get his numbers and make the boss score look nice. And that's, like, the to- to- toxic nature of Alfred Payton. He's, like, at, at first, first, first glance, you think he's, he's the one. And it turns out he's not. He got all these holes and flaws in his character and in his game. You know what I mean? I'm trying mm-hmm. to make a comparison to, like, the dating, dating pool. You know what I mean? <laughs> but with Payton, the fourth quarter was just, like, epitomized, just, like, the issue with him. Because that second unit, especially D-Rose and IQ, like, kept us competitive, took, got us the lead, and, like, had us looking great and then Peyton comes in and I was just like why the fuck did Peyton get back in the game like at least keep D-Rose or IQ out there and Tibbs took Peyton out when it was too late when it was like a minute and a half left and I was like all right that's not gonna do anything I mean it's too fucking late and the thing was it's just like our our offense became a slog again in the fourth quarter to the point where Randall it was so obvious he wanted to get to the rim more often to kind of like because his jumper was in there tonight he wanted to get to the rim and you know, make sure we got the buckets, especially in a physical game last night. But he couldn't because Peyton was on the court with them. So the the paint was just packed a lot, like, tighter than it would be otherwise, you know what I mean? So he had to kind of settle for those mid-range jumpers that, truth be told, have been looking good this season, but it just wasn't the ideal shot in those crucial moments. And Peyton's defense is just, like, isn't, isn't what, it, like, he's an average defender that can good, look good on certain nights, but he's not, like, this great defensive specialist that, like, I've noticed some, like, um, out-of-town, like, broadcasts like to mention about Peyton when we played them. I remember, I think it was, um, fuck, what was the last game? The Portland game or whatever the fuck I had there, their broadcast. They were talking about, like, oh, Peyton is a great defender. I was like, what Peyton? Like, you know, once you get a reputation, that reputation is going to stick, you know what I mean? But back to the game, I just felt like with Peyton, like, his box score... It just gets, makes you think that he had a solid game. But he was a negative. He was a minus nine in the game. You know what I mean? Um, He had, like, a made three, which every time he makes a three, I'm just shocked. Like, legit. like I'm, I will never be as shocked as I am in life as I am when Alfred
0: Payne makes a three. I think it's disgusting but, when it goes in, man. I, I feel a little disgusted. <laughs> when yeah, I, I'm just. <laughs> li- it just lines right into the basket, bro. It's, like, an inch of <laughs> above the basket. No arc. Yeah. Exactly,
1: it's like this this shouldn't be happening, but I'll take it, it's like eating like a slice of pizza at 3am at night, like it shouldn't happen, (laughs) you know what I mean, but I'll take it, you know what I mean, we're desperate, (laughs) (laughs) but just yeah, I'm just looking at the minutes, I was like, T-Rose played 20 minutes, obviously his first game, you know, like Tibbs surprisingly isn't going to throw him into the fire right away. But I want that 20... If Alfred's going to be here moving forward and we can't find a deal for him, I want that minute count to change. Like, D-Rose is at 20. Alfred was at 26 last night. It should be 26 for D-Rose, 20 for Peyton. Mm. Not even. Maybe 15 for Peyton because then that other five can go to quickly who had 21. That'd be 26 for pa- for quickly. 26 apiece for Rose and quickly. And, um, whatever, like, 15 minutes of scrap minutes for Peyton. And my thing is, it's so clear, like... Ooh, What Peyton's flaws were as soon as Rose came in the game because he's penetrating, he's getting around the corner and he's finding corners like Mm. corner shooters better than Peyton has in his almost two plus years here. You know what I mean? And, um, Alfred, especially this year, I was talking to somebody on Twitter last night. He's just like he's playing selfish all year this year. I don't know if that's like a mandate from the coaching staff, like, yeah, we need you to score, but in lieu of like his passing because he did kind of rack up assist numbers through his career, he became like this selfish player or even more selfish, more ball dominant. And it's just hurting our team because without that jumper there, you're not really a scoring threat. Like that two-game stretch where people were just like, oh, Alfred Payton heard the rumors, he's showing out. He had a true shooting percentage of like 51% in those two games where he had like back-to-back 20 points. That's Alfred Payton at his peak, you know what I mean? Because his career true shooting percentage is like 40% or some shit, you know what I mean? So it's just like with Payton... I keep coming back to the fact that with Rose, we saw what a point guard should look like in this system. Quick passes, not even just like assists, hockey assists, you know what I mean? I've never seen, i barely ever see Peyton make these quick twitch passes, you know what I mean? Those San Antonio Spurs, like swing the ball passes. The ball movement looked crisp when it was like Burke's IQ and Rose out there. It never looks that crisp with, uh, with Peyton because like the fourth quarter, it always looks like a slog. It always looks like difficult. Like, it, like it's always difficult to just, like, run our offense when Peyton out there. And I just feel like if if, if he's on the roster, we got to switch him out and put Rose in the starting lineup. It's just going to fit better. And if Peyton wants me to be the score, let him be the scorer off the second unit. You know what I mean? But that that that's my whole little spiel on Peyton. It's already been established. It's just last night, like, especially that fourth quarter, it was so frustrating, bro. We could have had that game because the refs didn't do us any favors and Tibbs didn't do us any favors by keeping Peyton out there or bringing him in the fourth quarter. You know what I mean? This is my whole spiel.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, don't don't get me wrong. I dislike <laughs> Payton as much as you do. You know, I okay. I don't right. I don't right. want Good me saying Good I don't I don't want me saying he wasn't as terrible as last night. You know, suddenly me that I'm a I'm a Peyton stan. but you know,
1: <laughs> you might as well be though.
0: <laughs> That's like the most positive <laughs> thing most people say about Peyton. <laughs> now. You know, you know. All right, I'm gonna not that I agree with it, but. You know, Mike Breen actually made an interesting point last night, and so did, so did Walt together. They're just like, you know, a lot of people are very much against Peyton. And, you know, but one thing that's interesting to note, that, and this, is, again, I'm still quoting them, is he's a starting point guard, one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. And at the end of the day, he has started every single game pretty much, maybe with the exception of one or two. And they are, they are the first line of defense. So defensively, he has to be at least – average if not a little above average. I I have to give him at least that. Offensively, yeah, he bogs down the game. But that first quarter, the starting five couldn't do anything. If you and if majority of the blame should go to Alford, sure, but they couldn't get their own baskets. Julius Randle couldn't get into the paint. He just kept kept settling for threes. And that's a testament to Miami's defense because they're excellent defensively, but he was really the only starting guy who was able to score points and keep them within ten points. And then D Rose and IQ came, they took it to the next level, and obviously you see yeah. you see you know the differences between D. Rose's game and Alfred Payne's game. Obviously D. Rose's game is a lot better. But, you know, he's not he's not like Enos Kanter, who's just always empty stats, doesn't do anything defensively. But at least Alfred, I have to give him at least some credit defensively. He he does do it all the time, maybe not. Where I think all of his turnovers, all of his mistakes gets uh exacerbated because a lot of you know, fans just don't like him, and they're gonna point it out. But you know, defensively, I I, I give him some credit. But you know, of to course, that I'm, point, I'm though like the offense,
1: yeah. like you write, the offense it was tougher. Like it was like credit to Miami's defense, but we made it easy on the defense. We bailed them out by having Payton out there because anytime True. he's out there, True. you don't have to respect them at all. So it's yeah. like, of course, it's like that like building a wall to the paint. It's gonna be a lot easier for the opposing defense and. That and then to your point about him being the scorer out there, he had to do that by necessity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's because nobody else could get it going. Like anytime RJ had the ball, not only is he being guarded by Jimmy Butler, he's got like Alfred Payne's defender like closer in the paint than he would be otherwise. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just like as a twenty-year-old, what are you gonna do? You know what I mean? And Randall, he's having an All-Star season, but yo, he's only human too. Like he's strong as he's, he's strong as an ox. You know, what I mean? he's basically the Incredible Hulk out there. But three dudes being on him is a lot different than two dudes being on him. Yeah. You know what I mean like when he gets into the paint? So, but I do get your point. about, like, you know, Mike Breen, he's been really mad, complimentary about Alpha Payton this this season. They might be paying him extra me. too. <laughs> it's just disgusts me. It's just really disgust me. He's just like, all right, are you? Is this like a mandate from Leon Rose? Like, please be gentle on Payton because we do want to trade him. You know what I mean? You got Wally on the post game show, just like talking him up, like he's uh, fucking. Ah, Wally's me.
0: annoying. He's the. Yo, he,
1: <laughs> there was a. I don't know. I don't. I don't understand how it didn't go viral. But the other day, I don't know what post gave it was. It was like Alan Hahn roasted a Wally because he was trying to make a point about Peyton and Zerbiak in the fourth <laughs> quarter. It's like, oh, you know, we're talking about the defense, and then <laughs> Alan. Han, and after he after out our speed, Hahn's just like looking at him, discussing like this exact point I was gonna make. Like and it became awkward on camera. <laughs> yeah, you and you could tell it was Wally was like hurt. Because, like, Han, credit to Han, he's an actual New Yorker. He's not going to take that shit. He just put Wally in his place, ex-NBA player or not. You know what I mean? Because was, that was entertaining. It was very cathartic. I was like, yeah, Han just did what every fan, every Knicks fan has been wanting to do to Wally for a couple years now. And just shit on him.
0: You got, and then you got Billy over there. He's like, guys, just, like, relax. <laughs> guys, we're just, yeah, we're here. We don't want it to escalate, guys. <laughs> And it wasn't even in the
1: same room, but it legit looked like Han was going to virtually like reach his hand out through the fucking screen and slap
0: Wally one. You know what I what mean? would but love to be Alan in Han, man. This guy works from home every day. He's always taking interviews from home, from his home studio, while everybody else got to go through the snow, go to work at MSG. <laughs> <laughs> this dude's
1: chilling. He used to talk about the nicks. Like, that, that man's living life, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, back to the point about Peyton and Mike Breen. Yeah, I low-key think it's an MSG uh, company mandate. Like, yo, don't shit on him too harsh. <laughs> we do want to trade him eventually. Um, but with Breen, like, his point about defense, it's fair. You know, like, say what you will. that starting lineup is defends its ass off, you know what I mean? But when it comes to just defense as a whole, our, def- our, our defense, down to the second unit, they defend their ass off, you know what I mean? So I don't want, like, Peyton, he's a piece of that of that success, but he's just a piece at the end of the day. And I feel like somebody like Frank... If we can't, if we could trade Peyton and get something back and maybe put Frank in that starting lineup, he could give you that defense. He'll give you a better jumper because at least before he got hurt, it was like two games, his jumper looked a lot more wet than it did otherwise. But I made a point in a previous episode Frank could just be like a jumbo version of Patrick Beverly for us. You know what I mean? Like he's our point guard, but he's going to bring the ball up and give it up to our two playmakers, in Randall and RJ. And you got D Rose and IQ off the bench. I like that three-guard rotation when you take Payton out the picture and put Frank in there. It'll so that's be just my biggest thing with Payton. You know what I mean? It'll be interesting to yeah, see God.
0: what it's going to be like when Frank comes back finally because I think he's under COVID uh, restrictions yeah. or something like that because one of his homies got tested positive. But it's it's pretty nice to see that D-Rose might be a guy who's willing to give up that starting spot. If, it, if Alfred Payton gets it taken away from him and – they asked D. Rose. He he's a he's a guy who I wouldn't be surprised is op- It would be open to giving it to Frank, and be like, no, nah, let let the, let the, let the kids start. I'll still be here mm-hmm. with IQ, and because Frank is a quote unquote vet at this point, twenty one year old, 23 <laughs> year old vet. But you know, he started a lot of games last season, so he's not brand new to it. He's not as young as IQ, and maybe D. Right. Rose would would feel like IQ is his little brother, yeah, or his yeah. son, or whatever, and be like, no, nah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna stick with the kid. Thing is, though, it's just like. Yo, Frank. Though, I,
1: I want to make a point. Like, yo, this COVID thing right now, he's just been such a snake bitten career since he's been on the Knicks. Mm-hmm. It's either injuries or coaches that just won't play him or don't like respect what he can bring to the table. It like injuries. Obviously, last year it was the infamous groin injury that just like hampered him. Um, growing again this year, I think coming into the season. Um, now the COVID protocols. like this kid just can't catch a break. And if he does have success in the NBA, continued success, I don't think it's gonna be with us unless like you know. Still a lot of season left, unless maybe Tibbs puts him in the lineup and he sh- proves himself to be exactly what I can, what I hope he can be, just like that caretaker point guard that'll d the fuck up and also be a good spot up threat. You know what I mean? Like if he could be like a thirty five percent three point shooter, mm. bro, that's at, at, at like a respectable volume, that's gonna feel like a like a, a bountiful treasure to us after having Peyton in that starting lineup for two years now. You know what I mean? Like Randall's gonna be able to breathe. You know what I mean? And he's still putting up all-star production with that constraint on him. RJ's still balling out in his second season with that constraint of having most of his minutes be with Peyton. You know what I mean? It's going to be different if we have a point guard there that can shoot. And we do have one in Rose, but I think... Ironically enough, Tibbs is gonna slow play Rose and not drive up his minutes yet. <laughs> yet that's yeah. the key. You know what I mean? I think I was just shocked he didn't have Rose out there the whole fourth quarter because I thought that would have been the classic Tibbs. He's yeah. like, oh, we're not losing to Miami. Fuck this team. Me and Rose got battles with Miami with this franchise. You know what I mean? That's what I was hoping. Then he brought Peyton and I was like, because ah. I think we were up in the fourth, bro. Then Alfred right, came in, and then yeah. and then you know the rest is history. That's all she wrote.
0: But. Let's get into it. Let's talk about the fourth quarter because the refs really fucked us this game and it's not yeah, just that yeah. it's not just i feel like you and i could even go back and forth three four times and come up with different ways that the refs fucked us um that the foul that the Knicks challenge with julius Randle and bam was complete bullshit <clears throat> uh bam had him hooked back and for whatever reason they gave the foul to randall despite the challenge and everybody was shocked even even the announcers they're just like what the fuck is this This bullshit that should have been a foul that should not have been a foul on Randall but they counted it they got two baskets from that um that last play where Randall missed the baby jumper to get to tie the game Mitch caught the rebound then he got fouled by Olenek, who by the way I feel like this man's been in the NBA for like 15 20 years Olenek, he's just always been there and for some reason, it was cooking the Knicks the first half. But side note,
1: I made a, I was watching the game with my girl last night. I was like, "Yo, Olenek literally looks like a mutated hipster that got <laughs> that found the Captain America <laughs> super soldier serum and just <laughs> shot up." <you> know what <laughs> what <laughs> mean? But yeah, back to you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, he he fouled he fouled the shit out of Mitchell and Robinson. They didn't catch that. And then next thing you know, they they called a foul on whoever it was. I forgot who it was. I don't know if it was Alec Burks or whoever, um, on Jimmy Butler, and then he got two yeah. baskets from that. And then they caught Randall on a technical foul because he was just like – because it was a kickball. Um, yeah. There was a kickball and on he Bam. Was... He's just like – that was a kickball. He wasn't even yelling at them. They gave him a tech. Jimmy got a, a basket. Basket didn't go because ball don't lie. And it's just like, you know, th- these are multiple games now that the Knicks are getting fucked by the refs.
1: Yeah, and it's just like I'm looking at the Bosco right now. Like you know how physical Randall plays. We know RJ is a physical driver to the rim. Mm-hmm. They had to combine eight free throw attempts.
0: Unbelievable.
1: Bam and Jimmy, they had to combine 29 free throw attempts. So I'm not gonna say it's home cooking. I'm not gonna say it's the Miami refs, but like that discrepancy doesn't make any sense to me. And like I get Jimmy's a superstar; he'll get that respect from the refs. And I know it's gonna it's it's asking a lot for RJ to get like close to that same kind of respect, but he'll get there eventually. But it's just like you can't be. That's a flagrant discrepancy right there. Like, you look at that, and this is, like, the story of the game. Because, like, Bam plays kind of the same style Randall does. Mm -hmm. How does he get, like, damn near a dozen more free throw attempts when we know Randall is, like, out there just struggling and fighting at the rim? You know what I mean? Especially in that fourth quarter, the physicality of that was wild. And then, like, they called a foul at the end because both, I think, Burks and Jimmy Doe for the ball, and Jimmy did, like, his play-acting shit. That shit was hilarious. <laughs> it was like Jimmy's a was. troll, but it was just <laughs> annoying in the moment. And the thing with um, the thing with that whole officiating, like I just I want to go back to the fact I hate being that fan. You know what I mean I'm not like 15 anymore. We're not 15 anymore. We can't just like chalk up a loss to all the refs, but they did not help. You know what I mean they literally were an impediment on top of Miami defense and. Like, it's like maybe when Randall does officially become an all-star, you know, hopefully, like, yo, go vote for him out there, by the way, for our listeners, you know what I mean? But hopefully when he does become an all-star, he'll start getting that respect that an all-star, was res- like, deserves from the refs, you know what I mean? Because I keep going back to the point I made previously. He's got, like, kind of that, yeah, that, that Blake Griffin problem where he's so brolic that he might not just get the respect he gets because he doesn't, when he gets hit, he doesn't take it like a pussy, <laughs> you know what I mean? He doesn't crumble. Maybe he needs to start flopping, but I, I'd rather not see that. Um, but then you look at Bam like, how's he getting so many? Like, I don't get it, bro. It just, just, just does not make any sense to me. And you know, I don't wanna want to make it all about the officiating because you know Tibbs made a mistake bringing Peyton in. That was, I think, that was what like killed us really in that fourth quarter. And yeah, man. I mean, I guess positives you could take away from that game is just Rose looked good. That second unit ball movement looked really good. Uh, I'm happy Obi has a point guard that will actually look for him now. Um, yeah, I mean, our and our two big guns, as Clyde likes to call them, you know, RJ and uh, Julius, they did not have efficient games. Um, RJ only played 26 minutes, which is disappointing. Um, he didn't play as much in the fourth quarter, I believe, but it's just, I don't know, man. It's just It, it was a frustrating loss. I really didn't want that, that, that win last night because, yeah. you know, credit to Tibbs, when we do have these back-to-back series against a team, He'll, he'll make sure that there's no second L coming up. That's why I was, like, so certain we were going to win that game last night and it didn't happen, despite the fact that, you know, they were in the finals last year in Miami, but last I checked, we we're, were above them on the standings. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we could have won that.
0: The team, yeah, I mean, yeah. The team, though, that played last night, is that's most of the team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals, minus, like, Dragic. So that, that yeah. was a very difficult, you know, game for the Knicks because they got Jimmy at full power. They got Bam at full power pretty much. Um, and the fact that we lost by two points, is, is it's a good sign. The Knicks were close to beating them uh, the night before, which is also a good sign. But, man, R.J. Barrett had the chance to tie the game, and he missed a, a layup that he makes time and time again. So yeah. that was disappointing to see. But as Knicks fans, I think we know what that means. He's not going to stop now. He's going to double down on his workouts, and he's going to make sure that the next time he gets that opportunity, he doesn't miss it point blank. And, that's, that's one of the main positives I'm going to take away from this game, that it was RJ who missed it because I believe that was his first chance to ever either tie the game at the last second or you know hit a game winner. I don't recall him really ever doing that. I, you know what I mean? Like, what, Was that the first time he ever got that chance? I, I'm pretty sure it was, and he missed it. It seems about right, but you know what? I want a, a shout-out
1: to Dan Devine, a Knicks fan. Who happens to be a ringer writer? He had a good tweet last night. He was just like, I'm gonna, "I'm gonna say it verbatim." He's like, "When you can't believe he didn't make the layup, but are glad that Tips trusted him in the final seconds. He didn't settle, and he got to his dominant hand all the way to the rim against Jimmy Butler. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of positives there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he he added a gif to that to that tweet. The the Alonzo warning, like conflicted gif. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah. Pretty good tweet. Good job, Dan. I but, do yeah, like. I mean, yeah, I do be, like right. the R.J.
0: was guarding Jimmy Butler most of the game because that he gets to look at what he can be, and Facts. I I don't know if it was Jimmy just talking shit, but there are multiple times when I saw Jimmy just talking to R.J. after certain plays, and I like to believe that he was just giving him words of advice. He could also is Jimmy Butler he could also just been like trolling him but i don't think i don't think jimmy's like that i think he's a genuine guy as well yeah i think he's yeah. he rj as being like exactly. him in the future so and
1: jimmy being like a tibbs acolyte disciple mm, yes. like just like somebody he's he's gonna big up rj and Word. credit to jimmy after the game i had the miami broadcast so they interviewed jimmy before he even started talking about what miami did he started off maybe like a minute or two just giving mad props to tibbs and then and our roster just like they, nice. saying we fight our ass off he's saying you know they're they're playing. They're playing their ass off for Tibbs and they're gonna be good for years to come now with with tips and the sky's the limit or some shit like that. And that was just beautiful to hear. And to your point about Jimmy and RJ, it's just good that he's really getting that trial by fire and he's earning these guys' respect. Because I think Kawhi was said really good things about yeah. RJ after that mm-hmm. Clippers game. He was like, the sky's the limit for him. And, you know, yo, know, Kawhi being like, you know how he plays. He's like, he's got that, like, Terminator kind of vibe to him. He got that, that, that like, old-school MJ game. He's going to bully you to the rim, get that mid-range Jimmy. And he's strong as shit. He's strong as an ox for a wing. But, but then when you remember going back to the Clippers game, I know this was a while back, RJ was right there with him, you know what I mean? He was giving Kawhi some trouble, and I was just like, yo, he's earning his respect. These wing players that we want RJ to be like, he's going toe-to-toe with them, you know? And maybe last night he didn't really show up in the box score, but he was right there with Jimmy, you know what I mean? He was um, defending him, he had Jimmy defending him, it's just trial by fire, and I think it's a great thing. And, yeah, man, I mean, I guess... You know we have we have two L's to talk about Miami. If you got any really remaining thoughts about that series, I do kind of want to maybe touch on the one W we've had in the last week against Portland. Yeah, I
0: I think um, the final point I want to make is I think this is a necessary kind of pressure that these young guys need to feel to take it to that next level. And I'm not just talking about RJ; I'm also talking about IQ because he couldn't really make it past the Miami defense as well. And this kid is just a rookie, but he's getting double teamed. From the three point line, and that's Tough. that's the necessary kind of pressure that he needs so he can grow from it sooner than than later. Because if this kid is getting <laughs> double teamed this early in his career, that's 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 a good sign that's that they respect, take him man. seriously and respect him.
1: It's good you mentioned that because like yo, Portland was treating him like he was Steph Curry. Anytime <clears throat> he was bringing the ball up, they were trapping him. Yeah, and credit to IQ because even as a rookie, he was making the right reads. But like there were certain moments where it was just like he was kind of struggling with it as well, so that's something he'll learn. That's something like that. I think Johnny Bryant will really be crucial for his development because Donovan Mitchell started dealing with that too. All of a sudden, when he showed out as a rookie, team started trapping him. Yeah. So Johnny Bryant will probably teach IQ the same way. And that Portland game, it was just like because IQ he went off against in that in that first matchup against Portland. So you know, coming in, they was gonna key in on him. I didn't think it would be to that extent though. They yeah. was literally giving him the Steph Curry treatment, bro. And so, it was actually a point that it was
0: actually a point that D Rose made. He's like, the game's gonna slow down for the kid. He's like, I'm glad he's getting double team now because that means the learning curve is gonna be much shorter. And once the ga- <clears throat> once the game slows down for everyone else, it's over. He's gonna kill him.
1: Yeah, and it's just like the point I've been trying to make repeatedly about IQ being in the starting lineup and like kind of the effect that has on the rest of the players. Portland trapping him like that makes that point perfectly. 'Cause what happens when you trap a player with two players? It's it's gonna be a four on three situation behind yep. him, you know what I mean? So if he gets it out, our offense is at an advantage, despite the fact that our talent may not be to that to the extent where we always have an advantage. Like that's 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 major, you know? And I keep going back to the point that like we finally have a guy like IQ that brings back that same mellow element of like as soon as he steps on the court, even if he's three feet behind a three point line, the defender's gonna be right there with him. So you take a defender all the way out the paint like that it helps the rest of the roster. And that Portland game, you know, it was where we're, I'm frustrated about last night's game, but it was good to get that win, you know what I mean? It was really good to know that, like, to the point I made just just right now about tips, like, when we play a team the second time around, everything looks crisper, you know what I mean? You could tell that they game plan the shit out of it. Like, they learn from their, their L or, like, the previous experience with the team, and they bring it, you know what I mean? And let me see the box score, because, pardon us, you know what I mean? Because, like, that was, like, what, Saturday, the game? We, we have Wednesday now. This feels like the longest week ever, by the way. But, yeah, that was a quote-unquote good Alpha Payton game, you know. Um, that was, like, the second half of his, like, good Alpha Payton revenge streak, which, shout-out to Budum, he pointed out a, he had a true shooting percentage of 51% in his two games. So... And he didn't get a lot of foul calls, and people were just like, Oh, yeah, you know, his percentage would be better if he got fouls. You just made a point about why Peyton shouldn't be a starting point guard. And drawing fouls is a skill in the NBA, and IQ's mastered it in its first seven months in the NBA, while seven years later, Alfred Peyton's still struggling with that. You know what I mean? Seven so, months.
0: Been, hasn't it been like three?
1: I mean, we drafted him like seven months ago, no?
0: Did we? Could have sworn the draft was like in November.
1: I don't know. I just want to kind of go with the seven because he you was know, seven shit. years Was it or not in
0: November? Was it in October? I mean, even then, it'd be like four months ago. Anyway, yeah, but I'll just make it
1: to seven, just cause like you know, seven years for paying seven seven months, ah, you, it I just see. flowed better. You know what I mean? It was yeah, wordplay. I see. I see. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean that game was pretty good. Um, all Julius put up put up a nice all star performance. You know, what I mean twenty two eleven and four. Um, R J looked good as well. So you know, just a good game all all around, and our defense looked good. And you know, credit to Dame for even just being out there and. He was hampered, I think, with like a quad strain or something like that, or a hamstring issue. But he's still out there, played thirty-eight minutes, and despite the fact that he was, he looked limited, he was still, so, he's such a savvy vet now, bro. It's crazy, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. we we won that game despite him having, he, him making six threes. Um, you know, glad that CJ McCollum wasn't there because, you know, what I mean, they 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 really needed his shooting because yo Gary Trent went eight for twenty in that game. <laughs> 20 shots for Gary Trent, second-round <laughs> pick Gary Trent, you know what I mean? So, shit is looking dire out there in Portland without Nurkic and uh, CJ. But, yeah, I mean, I thought that was a good win. And who we got coming up? Unless you got some the Wizards. Portland thoughts. Yeah, Wizards, huh?
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, Alec Burks has, I feel like he fluctuates his game. I think one game he's good, one game he's not as good. But the Knicks shot better from the three than the uh, the Blazers did. It's forty forty three percent from the three. Isn't that bad for a team that doesn't like to shoot the three? Um, and Reggie Bullock, I think, <laughs> has gotten a lot better since he came back from his injury. And that Miami game where he was lighting it up, you know, three after three after three. I think he shot seven or eight yeah. threes that game. Um, I don't know what happened while he was away, <laughs> but he's come back and he looks rejuvenating. <laughs> he looks like a he looks like a pure shooter. Um and the defense needs to respect him and against the Miami Heat defense he's putting up seven threes and Randall was looking for him every time it was very nice to see that that first Miami game.
1: Yeah, it's only going to get easier for Reggie too because he's a, he's a pure three and D guy. He's not going to create a shot as well, and it almost always gives me an anxiety attack anytime he dribbles and like dribbles into a mid range jumper. I was like, please, no, just <laughs> just give it back to Randall, please. Like <laughs> he shot that he, one.
0: He shot that one three last night from, like, 30 feet away. He he just got he finally caught the ball. He's like, fuck it, and just put it up, switch. I,
1: I think he got it, like, yeah, it was like a tip-out, too. Like, we missed the layup, and somebody tipped it right out to him, and Ten Reggie, with go. no hesitation, <laughs> he was like, I got this. I was like, oh, no, Reggie. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, shit. Like, it's only going to get easier for him because, you know, we got Rose now, and hopefully he'll, he'll take the starting minutes and, you know, maybe – I'm going to keep hammering it on because I'm in disbelief that there's people out there that might even might be slightly interested in Peyton, bro. Like, <laughs> I saw Clippers as a, a name mentioned. I was like, I don't, don't do not don't do that to Kawhi. You know what I mean? Because they think they got it bad with Reggie Jackson right now. When they get Peyton in there, it's it's going to get ugly. That's your point guard rotation. Mm. You're trying to be in the finals. Couldn't be me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Melo had a bad game against us, so, you yeah. know. Shout out to him for just being mellow. You know what I mean? The one superstar that wanted to come here and embrace that, uh... That burning being a New York savior. I mean, aside from Amari, but... I don't count Amari, because, like... I only begrudgingly like that signing, because I thought it would lead to LeBron. But, um... Yeah, I guess to kind of close this episode out, if unless you got some other things to talk about, Um, I guess key things to look for in that game against the Wizards is... Um... Contain Bradley Beal. And, uh, watch out for Russ. Because I think... Loki, I think Russ might have a "quote unquote" revenge game against us. Try to show out because uh, we were in talks to get him. You know what I mean? And supposedly this summer prior, Daryl Morey tried to ship Russ over to us. You know what I mean? And he couldn't do it, or he, um, or he tried to do it and he 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 just couldn't. You know what I mean? Because thankfully we were smart enough not to take that contract on. Yep. But uh, yeah.
0: If he plays, I th- I know the I know he's day to day. Um, I know I don't believe he played his last game against the Bulls. Off the top of my head, but I don't know if that means he's playing tonight. I Got to check. But yeah, if he's playing, that's definitely a duo that might be a battle. But the Wizards are, have one of the worst records in the NBA right now, uh, for good reasons. So it is a game that the Knicks should try their best to win. I think they're. I think this game is. I think tomorrow. Um, I have to double check, but um, anyway, they're definitely facing the Wizards, so you know that's really what's important here. Uh, Shout-out to Mello, who passed the big O for 12th of all time on the scoring list.
1: Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Uh, yeah, I mean, aside from that, let's— um, Hopefully there's some more trades coming because uh, Bagley, Ian Bagley, um, did say in one of these video clips on Twitter, he said, yeah, in the next 45 days, it's going to be crucial because, you know, Alfred Payne's here for now. He was really— and I think Bagley's the most plugged-in reporter now on the next beat. I feel like he's the only one that the organization likes because— mm-hmm. He, to be fair, he's not a dickhead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mark Berman, I feel like, is, like, is an idiot, and Isola's is a dickhead. Uh, he's the dickhead's dickhead. He's, like, the, the model dickhead. <laughs> like, if you want to be an asshole, as Isola. Model your asshole game after Isola. But, yeah, Ian Bagley's, I trust his reporting, so hopefully some moves come. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I think he might see that D-Rose is in and might be willing to, you know, wave his no trade clause and then be open to a trade so yeah, here's to hoping that he does that
1: um, gives us permission to ship his ass out please right. Alfred please
0: <laughs> um, yeah uh, thank you guys for checking out this episode Nickish make sure you check out our NBA Top Shot interview with Jacob Eisenberg posted on YouTube Fact. last week that was a really awesome episode we really break out each step of NBA Top Shot and how you can get your first pack and start to invest in these sports cards um, so make sure you check it out uh, on the Nickish YouTube page uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nickish Show and you follow all, follow us on all podcasting platforms uh, make sure you check us out next week on Sportscaster for Nickish at Night uh, the show will not be happening tomorrow um, but you know we'll be back with the, uh, with a new brand new guest next week and we're really excited for next week's guest honestly the 18th we got a really dope guest coming on um, yeah.
1: If you next Twitter uh, aficionado, you'll you like the guests we got coming up. Um you know mm-hmm. I
0: mean? uh, so yeah, thank you thank you all again for checking us out. Uh and yeah, we hope you guys stay safe and um are being smart. There's still a pandemic out there. Uh, until next time, peace
1: yeah and shout out to the MBK fam gotta say that one time here right. i mean for sim sim and the boys so check them out as well leave them some good reviews and subscriptions and definitely leave us a review too wherever you listen to podcast. but aside from that echo my man's same thoughts you know what i mean stay safe be safe and uh until next time peace, peace.